episode five. Uh, we're back again. Missed last week. Uh, sickness, all that fun stuff that happens, which other people I'm sure are going through that too because it's that time of fun year. It is everybody. that time of year. So speaking of that time of year, uh, we're getting around Halloween, so thought we'd kind of delve into a little bit of a horror-specific thing, kind of more of a gateway horror type stuff. But before we get any of that, we'll get into some recent watches. Now, the first one I want to mention, I don't know if you've even watched this, I haven't talked to you about it. I avoided it because I thought it's going to be a steaming pile of garbage, <laughs> uh, but The Exorcist TV show. Oh, okay. It's It should not be. It has no reason to be as good as it is. I'm I'm surprised. Yeah, actually, I, I avoided it completely because I know they tried the um what was the last one the Omen TV show. Yeah, that was pretty terrible. I, every time they try, like you, most of those things you cannot spin out uh, from a pop, especially something that has like a cult following. That's a very loyal following. Uh, not that The Exorcist is like you know Evil Dead or anything, but it, it has a following that has like a, it's a known story. Yeah. So there's only so much you can really spool out of it because if you go too far in your own territory, then people are like, well, why are you even calling it that? That's Nothing why I'm, I'm hesitant about the Bates Motel. I've heard good things about I, it. That's another one I've, I've been wanting to get into. Um, I just I haven't uh, I yeah, haven't gotten I haven't into it because I'm like I, I don't know you know like I I did feel that way about Hannibal until I watched it and then I was blown away. Yeah, that was another one I. I I really watching TV has become a second job now because that's another one I've been wanting to watch. Hannibal, I have not gotten to watch any of that yet. Oh, it's great. That's it's, I've been hearing. It's well I've worth. I've never heard it. a bad thing about it, and it's good because it it wraps itself up. So if they never do any more, um, you're pretty satisfied yeah. with the way that it, that it closes out. So you got those three seasons, pretty solid throughout. Not really a stinker it's, in the bunch. It'll be interesting to see where this goes. Cause I think from what it sounds, I think the first season only has eight episodes, so they're halfway through now um but i mean every, every episode really and i don't even hype it because it's better to just kind of go in knowing nothing right um but it really has been every episode keeps getting better and better and better and building and, and you care about the characters which is what most people i think miss in the tv shows they think oh they're going to hear the title of whatever this is people know this property they're going to go in no matter what and it never works that way so is it the same characters as the original no. movie? Nope. It's completely it, it's different. It's a different thing. Um, they it's set in modern times. Or they're not they're not pretending like it's bad. It, it's it, and it makes sense to the way they spin out the story. Um, it's good. Like I mean, really, I don't want to give away too much because it's just kind of better to kind of go into it not really knowing anything. Right. But it is really good, and they're they're all on Hulu now, I believe, and on demand and. Probably a couple other places, whatever. Because hmm. um, that's how I want to just kind of binge watching it. Because I'm like, ah, you know what? Let me just see. And I was kind of mad because I'm like, why is this good? <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> I, I felt bad because I'm like, I have avoided this because I just thought this is going to be crap. Yep. Um, but no, it was really good. Um, the other thing I wound up watching, which I didn't avoid because that was going to be bad, um, but The Conjuring 2. Mm. Uh, did you watch The Conjuring, the first one? Uh, no, I didn't get around to that one. It. I didn't dislike it. It it kind of it was one of those things that suffered from hype. Yes, and that's kind of why I was hesitant to see it because yeah. it seems like a lot of the the especially the horror properties that have been built up over the last couple of years when you see them yeah. it's just like, "Oh, okay, I I guess this is, is you know, it's nowhere yeah. near exactly what people said it was going to be." That's kind of I mean, it was good. It was I mean, I don't know if it's cuz I'm jaded, but I mean people were making it like it's so scary and so and like that's always a tough sell to anybody to say that like it's so scary because it's like well but what's 
I, I don't remember the last time I ever jumped watching a movie. Right. Um, other than like, you know, you're sitting there and you have the volume up and they have that blast of sound and you're like, oh, <laughs> but that doesn't, that's not, that, if, so, if a pot fell in my house, I'd have the same you know, reaction. Right. Um, but it was, The Conjuring 2 was far better. Hmm. It, it really, it kind of, all the things that you wanted the first one to kind of tick off, this one took it and it was really good and it really pulled you in. I actually was surprised that it was as good as it is, but I, I mean, I think it just came out on DVD not too long ago. So that's definitely another one to, to check out, especially this time of year. Yeah, absolutely. Not, not to get off of, uh, uh, the horror topic at all, but, uh, I did, I'm about eight episodes into Luke Cage. How many episodes did they put in this? Uh, usually they do 13. Oh, okay. Uh, per, uh, per show. Cause they did, they've done Daredevil, uh, Jessica Jones and now Luke Cage and then uh, Iron Fist will be coming up next year. I think in March, I think they said the, the date oh. was was going to be. So it's much sooner than I, I, I anticipated. And then they're going to bring them all together with the Defender series. But uh, Luke Cage is pretty solid. Uh, it's very enjoyable. It's uh, it's different and it's it's cool because it ha- each show has had a different vibe to it. Like they all kind of exist in the same general vicinity. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, really the the f- the first two kind of take place more in Hell's Kitchen, and this is more a- in Harlem. And they really focused on. I, I think they did a good job of of you know kind of talking about black issues in a real way that makes sense in a superhero world. Yeah. Because you don't want it to get you know some people had said it was a little too preachy. I haven't gotten there yet. Like maybe it's some maybe towards the end of it it gets a little preachy. But I thought it was pretty evenly handed the way that it talked about you know the the issues of you know living in the hood and stuff like that and you know. Uh, obviously, I'm as far removed from that as <laughs> possible. Uh, no, being no, no. A, uh, being a lame white dude, <laughs> but uh, but it's it's it was it was I thought everything was pretty well handled, and and it's it's just an interesting story. It's it's cool because it doesn't. Uh, they've already kind of messed with his origin a little bit in terms of introducing him and Jessica Jones first and then putting him in this show. So they kind of changed around some stuff, especially with, you know, this is no spoiler because you you find this out immediately as soon as you meet Luke Cage is that his wife has been killed. And uh, they bring that up right away in the Jessica Jones series. So then it, you're, you're, you're over halfway through this before you meet the guy in the comics who's actually responsible for that. So they've changed it around a lot that he's not the one who had anything to do with his wife or anything like that, but that he, they, they've changed his origin a little bit. So it's, it's kind of cool because, you know, I, don't, I, I won't spoil anything or, or ruin anything for people who haven't seen it yet. But they do kind of a change up about halfway through the season where you think you kind of know where it's going and where it's headed, and then they kind of throw you for a loop, which uh, the, the Marvel shows have been pretty good about doing that, where they, they kind of head in one direction mm-hmm. and then kind of uh, uh, change at, at one point. Even the, the weakest of the Marvel shows, in my opinion, is, is Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and they even did a decent job of doing that. When the show was kind of getting stale, they were yeah. able to find a way to switch it around a little bit. That's got to be the hardest world. Like, really thinking about it, I think it has to be the hardest world to play in to, to do a show or a movie in a lot of ways because you have such a built-in audience yeah. that is so loyal that knows that storyline, and they don't want you to regurgitate back the same thing but they don't want you to go too far into something that is just well not true at all to the original story. So you have to walk this foot in both worlds very, very carefully 
because you don't want to piss off that core audience because that's who's going to to really be there and champion this. But at the same time, you can't just make it for them because the people that may not be as familiar might not get some inside references. I mean, I'm not saying they're going like meta about things, but they, they might not get some things that might be on a different level for them. They actually, what, what, uh, speaking of meta, they do do a kind of a fun joke uh, in one part of the, the, the one episode, um, which I'd read about beforehand. I knew that it was kind of coming, but it was cool the way that they did it, where they do really stick to his origin in terms of uh, how he got his powers and everything. They pretty much do that almost exactly the way that a comic fan would want to see that. So that was really well done. And when uh, he get after he gets his powers, immediately he has to break out of uh, a jail and uh, immediately get away from the area as fast as possible. And he ends up grab you know like the old classic grab the clothes off the clothesline kind of thing. Yeah. And they happen to be the clothes that he wears in the comics when he first appeared in the seventies. The really cheesy yellow. <laughs> outfit that's like completely open so you could see his bare <laughs> chest and you know like the ch- the giant chain for his belt and stuff like that and at this point he still has the things on from the machine so it looks like the little weird tiara thing that he wore and the giant shackles so he's in the actual costume and it was kind of a fun joke I think for fans because it, it plays into the fact that you know, we really want to see them exactly how they are in the comics, but we don't at the same time because yeah. that wouldn't translate well. You know, like yeah. the Spider-Man suit kind of looks cool no matter how you do it. It's 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 well done in the movies so that you you buy that he's wearing it, even though they never really explain to any of them how he's able to make it and what kind of material it's made out of. But uh, but in the, the show, they do a good job of showing you this is what it would look like if we stuck to the comics. Would you really want us to him to be walking around a tiara with yeah. a giant yellow shirt? And like it would just be so ridiculous. So they kind of do that as a like he looks at himself in, in the reflection of a car and he's like uh, he says something the effect of uh, you look like a damn fool, you know, <laughs> like just. It, just playing it off really yeah. well, but it's it's very well done, and, and it connects some of the characters uh, that you saw in Daredevil and Jessica Jones kind of play uh, a minor role in the show and stuff. So and the villains are really well done. All the villains, instead of doing like for some reason, a lot of his villains were snake themed. He had Cottonmouth and Diamondback, and <laughs> they completely get rid of their whole superpowers. They just make them gangsters. There's nothing else to them other than that and it works really really well there's even a guy called shades and i was like wow they even put shades in here and he's kind of like a like he's he's got glasses and he lifts them up like cyclops and shoots lasers and stuff they're just like nah he's just a guy who wears sunglasses and he's just an asshole you know like they just they do a really good job of just making them real life people that you could see in this world because it would be you know the the fact that they don't have powers and he's bulletproof seems like oh it's kind of not really a fair fight mm-hmm. but they address that about halfway through the show which is is interesting there's just so much on tv now it's what's like oh yeah it's <laughs> it's really hard to to keep up on everything yeah. i mean i'm still behind on a lot of shows that you know i normally watch and stuff because there's just there's so much there's the flash uh, uh there's uh, legends of tomorrow um the dc shows that they do uh arrow 
all those. And I, I watched, like, I, Flash is probably the one that I'm really loyal to. I really mm-hmm. like what they did with that. It's starting to kind of, now now it's in its third season, it's starting to get a little repetitive. Yeah. Where it's kind of the same sort of plot, just done a different way over and over again. Yeah. Uh, but it's still really watchable because of the actors on it. And uh, they just debuted the trailers for Guardians of the Galaxy and the new Wolverine movie. Guardians looks really cool, but if you told me as a 90s kid that I would be more excited for Guardians of the Galaxy, which was a totally lame property, <laughs> than I would be for Wolverine, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I would have it would have blown my mind as a kid because I love Wolverine. Wolverine's still kind of my favorite character in a lot of ways, but... Um, I, I have to just dis- like the Logan trailer came out today and everybody was sharing it. Everybody's like, oh my God, they're finally doing like an, this is going to be an R rated movie. So it's going to be brutal and whatever. And just judging by the trailer, I'm not that excited yet, which is really weird for me to say. Cause being such a, you know, and I talked about this on the last episode too. I was a 90s kid and was really into X Men. And that was the first big thing that got me into comics. I thought, you know, Wolverine movies is going to be great. They haven't made a good Wolverine movie yet, in my opinion. Like the the all the Wolverine solo movies have been really bad. Um, the last one was slightly better than the first one, but that's not saying much. And I don't know. It's the same director as the last one, and I just don't really get the whole direction with it because essentially they open the trailer with the fact that um, you know mutants have mostly been wiped out, and that Wolverine is now old and gray. And he has to protect this young girl who you assume is X-23, who's basically uh, a young girl clone of him who also has claws and stuff, too. She's a character in the comics, but she's portrayed as a little bit younger when they Mm -hmm. introduce her in this. Professor X is old and gray and, you know, it looks like his health is failing and stuff like that. So there's a few things that uh, right away kind of send the red flag to me in terms of the way Fox has handled the X-Men properties. And their big issue is continuity. They have a terrible time. Like, if you watch the movies, you have a really t- tough time. to Like, when when does this happen? And, well, if this happens in this movie, then that really contradicts these other movies and stuff like that, which is essentially why when they did Days of Future Past a couple years ago, they reset the timeline. They actually, went, they, you know, they go back in time and they change something so that affects the future. So now all of the other movies are essentially erased so they can... A, it's a soft reboot, which is kind of clever on their part because they're able to start over. But, you know, as the reaction to X-Men Apocalypse was kind of lukewarm at mm-hmm. best, yeah. it doesn't seem like they're really on the right track to making better X-Men movies. Uh, you it's know, one of those as long as people are paying. They're, yeah. They're not listening. They, yeah, they really... <laughs> it, it's, it seems like they kind of get a half idea of what people want and they never able to follow through with it. Like... Oh, well, okay. it's numbers. It's not. They're not sitting down with anybody. They're they're, they're yeah. It's aggregate numbers. Well, I, I, I like like with the second movie, it was like okay, we don't want Wolverine to be in a cheese ball action movie. We want something that's a little more down to earth. We want we we'd love to see the Japan story. You know, where he goes over to Japan and he falls in love and he fights like a samurai and stuff like that. That'd be really cool. So they're like, yeah, we're gonna do that. But we're gonna make Silver Samurai a giant robot at the end of the movie. And you're like, what the fuck? Why? 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 What? What part of down to earth don't you understand? Why do we need a giant CG monster at the end of every movie? Like, 
please stop that. And so I feel like the same thing is going to happen where everyone is going to expect that, oh, yeah, this is going to be the one. It's down to earth and, and really ultra violent. You know, Wolverine can let loose. He can curse. He can stab people in the face. You know, at the end of there's an oh, there's a red band trailer. He like puts his his uh, claws right through a guy's head like right up through his chin and out through the top of his skull. And you're like, yeah, finally. And it's like, yeah, be careful what you wish for. It, it's, I, feel I don't like, remember. I don't remember what the director was, but there was a director. Oh God. I, I can't think of it. Anyway. Um, but the, the quote was when CGI and everything started, what he said was just because you could put a thousand werewolves running down a hallway <laughs> does not mean that you should. Yes. And that's the problem with a lot of these things is, oh, we could do that. And it's like, well, yeah, but. Yeah, you, but but why? Yeah, because it's like you, you can kind of go overboard. It's like, well, this is what people want. So it, it, it's like, a, you know, in the original X-Men movies, how uh, Hugh Jackman had to wear these prop claws um, that he actually cut himself with a few times because they were there were different ones that were like rubber ones. And there were ones that were actually sharp and metal and mm -hmm. stuff. And that's why they look good. Um, the only part that CG is when you're really watching them come out of his hands, but for the most part, it's him holding these claws. And then about halfway through the movies, they figured, oh, we could just CG them every time they come out. And they started to look really fucking bad, like it, especially the, the, the first solo Wolverine movie. Rewatch that again, and you see how, how terrible the effects are and how they do not hold up at all. Like the first time, which is really supposed to be dramatic, where he's looking at the metal on his claws. He's spo it's supposed to be the first time he's seeing them because this is like the origin story. And you just, I burst out laughing. Like it's supposed to be a moment where it's really sad and, and messed up. And you just, they're, they're so fake looking. And you could tell that they're not really there. They're barely even moving with his hands correctly. Like they just look terrible. And I, I, I'm shocked that these movies have these huge budgets and they can't get simple stuff like that right. So I, I really... I, I'm I want to be optimistic about this one being the one that's actually pulls through and is better than all the other ones. But already I'm like, well, it seems like it's too grim dark, uh, where where it's like uh, what they do with the DC movies now, where it's like we take all the joy and fun oh, out of yeah. comic book movies <laughs> and just make them super super dark. And it's like, well, if this is supposed to be the future of the X Men movies. So you're saying for the next how many X-Men movies, no matter what they do, no matter what villains they face, no matter how, how many people they beat, uh, no matter how much they triumph, at the end of the day, this movie is supposed to be the end of them and essentially says, well, it doesn't matter anyway because all mutants die anyway. You, humanity wins. We wipe them all out. Racism rules. Like, wow, what a, what a terrible fucking message. Like, to me, that just ruins the whole X-Men mythos because it's like, well, if it's, you know... Days of Future Past shows that future that we could have, and then they get rid of it only for it to happen again anyway. It's like, I, I don't, that's not what I'm looking for in an X Men movie, you know? I, it's pretty sad to me, but maybe I, I could be wrong. It's still early yet. Well, we'll find out. Uh, the one thing I wanted to mention too, last week after the show, uh, I think it was the next day after we talked, we were talking about like collecting whatever, and, uh, Synapse announced that they're putting out a steel book of Phenomena from Dario Argento. Oh, okay. Which I immediately had to get. I'm like, I don't really. Want <laughs> um, I don't need this, yeah, but I, I need this because it was. I, I picked up the first time they did the they did Tenebrae in a steel book, 
Yeah. So now I did. This is coming out next month. So if you're if you're interested in that, I think they're only doing three thousand. I think there's still some available um, from Synapse, but it's not one of his like bad. I mean, it, it's during that classic period, but it's still like a. F- it's more of a fun movie, mm-hmm. um, which is funny because Jennifer Connelly's in it, and I guess still to this day she refuses to talk about it. So I don't know mm. what if anything happened. I I don't know. There's been like rumors, but <laughs> I I don't know. But uh. It just made me like going off. I'm like, oh god, you know, like, you keep saying about this collecting, and as long as it's not causing problems, but at the same time, it's like, god damn it! Like, I'm sitting there thinking, like, I don't need this. I don't, I, you know, I don't really don't need this. But I, all right, I gotta get this. And then <laughs> it was like a day of like torment, and I'm like, all right, I'm gonna order it. And, and there it is. Yeah, it's like a three disc thing too, which is cool. It has a soundtrack, and the soundtrack is out pretty awesome though. So, oh okay, that's kind of worth it. Uh, all right, so let's get into this whole shebang here with everything. So. I thought with with Gateway with horror, it's interesting for us more than anything with a lot of it. As I was going through, like trying to figure stuff out, like being '80s kids, I think there's so much in that time period that we, the the people that became fans of horror that are around our age, um, it was a prime time for that to mm-hmm. get into it in a in a fun way that doesn't really exist in the same way today. And part of that is, you know, everything with the MPAA, with, uh, if for those who don't know, when, when we were kids, like when we were, I don't know, what year were you born? 83. All right, you were, okay. Um, so you just made, the MPAA had, there was no PG-13 films until 1984. Mm. So for the, for people who don't know that, that meant all that existed for, for us that we were allowed to rent was PG, or G, which, whatever, uh, PG and R. That was all that existed. And for something to be R, you had to be an R movie. If it didn't hit those criteria of what is pretty much still to this day, still kind of the same criteria to be an R movie, uh, if you didn't hit those criteria, you were PG. And your parents were fine with you watching, whatever that is. <laughs> you never had a problem. And there was some stuff that's like, why is this PG? Like you go back and look at some of the stuff and it's like, this, there's no way this should have been PG. Right. But they didn't. it wasn't enough to make it R. Right. So it was perfectly fine. I think they've even, uh, when you see the DVD releases, a lot of them have gone back and kind of retroactively yeah. added you yeah, the, know, 13 the PG-13 yeah. and stuff. Well, what, to you, like, what do you remember? Because I know I have this in my head, but I want, what, what was the first kind of like horror or horrific type of image or something that you remember from your childhood? Well, uh, probably like uh, more or less like staying up late at night and flicking the channels mm-hmm. and seeing stuff that I probably shouldn't have been watching and stuff because I really wasn't Same like X. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, there's there's that. I didn't mean personal horrifics. <laughs> <to> which <I'm laughs> pro- actually, probably one of the most horrific things that I've ever seen, uh, which which came a little bit later in my teen years, was uh, you know flicking the channels late at night, and this is before. You know, you had regular internet access and all the the dirty movies and stuff that you wanted. I was was flicking the channels and I'm like, oh man, this is like you know some like lesbian stuff going on. I'm like, this is great. This is going to be so cool. And I'm watching this movie and it's one of those Skinamax things where yeah. they can show boobs but no bush kind of thing. And they uh, all of a sudden Christopher Walken walks in and I'm like, whoa. Oh. oh, what is this? Why is Walken in one of these movies? No, you know, talk about a boner killer, you know, like <laughs> what is going on here? I kept watching the damn thing. 
Because I'm like, now oh, I let's can't. see where this plays I, out. I can't turn away. Like this is so weird. I want to see the payoff is. But the, yeah, there there is there is an actual movie out there that's one of these Skinamax late oh night movies. God. But like Christopher Walken is this weird like you know as he always plays a weird bad guy, you know <laughs> in the movie, and uh, and she's you know one of the girls is with him, but then she starts you know sleeping with this girl, and you're like oh man this is bizarre you know, but that that stuck in my head to this day. <laughs> that's that's like, definitely I never, I, that falls yeah, in that I can I can never get that out of my brain. But, you know, as as a kid growing up, like, I really wasn't exposed to a lot of horror stuff because, like, my parents really weren't into it or anything like that. Not, I'm not even and saying I wasn't horror. It doesn't even have to be a horror movie because mine just is not scary. a horror movie. Yeah. Well, I would, I would say, you know, one of the things that stuck with me was uh, uh, Return to Oz. Um, oh, you know, because you'd yeah. see that's scary. Shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, I I I remember uh, flicking the channels as a kid, sitting in my room, and all of a sudden there's this girl walking down this hallway, and there's these severed heads all <laughs> over, and I'm like, what is this? Yeah. And the heads start like screaming at her, and I'm like, holy fuck, this is crazy. Like I had never seen anything like that before. You know, like because I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, searching that stuff out. Oh, it yeah. just happened to be on TV. But that's uh, mine for me. I still remember this very vividly. I was at a friend's house. I, I couldn't have been more than six, I would think, maybe. Um, and I, I still don't. In my mind, I don't know if I am screwing it up or I, I don't know why. I feel like he had seen it beforehand because I, for some reason, felt like he knew this was coming up. Because I knew to leave the room when this was happening. <laughs> um, Raiders of the Lost Ark. The uh, face melting scene. Okay. That is the first, I remember being the first and it really scared me. Mm. But it was kind of telling because it was one of those that I got up, I left the room because I was petrified of, of any of that kind of stuff when I was a kid. I was fine with like kind of gothic like i grew up watching dark shadows at a very very young age but that's there's nothing scary in dark shadows whatsoever right um but it, it was nothing like that and i for some reason i remember knowing to get up and leave and i but this is very telling because i went into the kitchen that was looking into the living room and i peeked around the corner <laughs> so i still <laughs> saw everything <laughs> but i had that little shield of the wall between the tv and me and it made me think, like, it really is one of those things that, that is telling of you as a kid because we all have that, when we're young, have that gut reaction. It's not even, like, a intentional reaction. It's almost like this, just you can't help it, of being afraid of it when you're little. Sure. And it's funny because it tells you how you are because, like, when we're little, um, like, even going to the doctor, the first time they whacked your knee and your leg went, you're like, oh, my God, like, you just have, like, so much fun with it. <laughs> and it's kind of the same thing. Like, when you see something like that, it's just like, what the? And you you didn't have any control over that feeling. Right. And it, But it's kind of telling to how you are because you're either going to be the kid that does go behind the, you know, into the other room behind the wall or covers their eyes and says, don't, you know, tell me when it's over. Mm-hmm. Or you're going to be the kid that covers his eyes and peeks through his fingers or, you know, peers around the corner because they, they still cur- want to see. Yeah, yeah. curious. You still want to know what's going on, but you want to feel like for some reason there's this little <laughs> eye barrier protection that's going to keep it from really getting you. Right. But it's like you kind of all have that. And I feel like the ones that were the ones that peered through were the ones like, oh, my God. And when you get when that gets into your brain when you're a kid, 
that's, I mean, that, that's all it is. Like when that's there as a kid, like that's in you. Right. Yeah. It's something that you, you want to, you want to see more of this. Like my, uh, my first real horror movie was, uh, American Werewolf in London. Oh, wow. And it's a great one to start with oh, yeah. too. And my mom actually showed it to me, which was so strange because my mom is a, an interesting person in general, but she very much does not like anything bloody or gory or anything like that at all. So like that she's seen it before it like, you watched it or no? Yeah. Oh, okay. And she wanted me to watch it because it was like one of those things where, you know, we would bond, you know, my, my you know, brother or sister or whatever would go to bed and it's like, oh, you could stay up a little later because you're a little bit you're older in the now. Know. <laughs> yeah. So, so we would watch, you know, movies or TV and stuff like that. Like I had talked about in a previous episode, you know, we would watch Monty Python mm-hmm. and stuff. And this night it was it was like a, it was a little different, and she was like, "I don't normally like horror movies and stuff, but this one in particular she really liked, and I think it was because it has those comedy elements to it because it's the especially yeah. dark comedy. There is and like it, that that tension release that's in there. It's not a like, very much so, yeah. yeah. And there's those moments that are lighthearted where you're just like, "Wow, like I can't believe that they they went there." Because yeah. I mean, ten minutes ago it was like you you watch someone get ripped apart horribly, and the next minute it's like he's joking around with his dead friend in a theater, and you're like, "Wow, this is so <laughs> weird," you know. So she ex- exposed me to that at a young age, and I was like, "All right, I like this. This is really cool." Like it, it felt like you know, I was kind of getting away with something, yeah, you know? Yeah. And it was like my, my cousin, who was one of my best friends growing up, was uh, into like Jason and Freddie and stuff like that, but we didn't really watch them together. So that was something that was his mm-hmm. and not really something that was mine anyway. Like I knew who Jason and Freddie were, and I think a lot of kids who grew up in the 80s, oh, yeah, 90s it, it was era. marketed in a way that, that's thing I was going to talk about later. Like, that is not done now, the way no, things are. it's, it's not. not. Mar- they, said, they said the Freddie hotline. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, besides the fact that, I mean, when you see a 900 number thing now, it's just a joke because you just start laughing. It's like, well, who the hell is actually keeping these things afloat? <laughs> um, but it, it's just the the thought of, like, they had they had that kind of marketing ploy and then even jason i mean myself i went as jason in in elementary school i don't know how many years in a row but the funny thing was i had never watched any of those movies (laughs) i just like went as him because i knew of his existence and i had the costume so my mother was probably happy because she never had to buy me anything for like five years in a row um but a lot of kids did i remember that like even going like you find old photos and stuff like i remember seeing there's so many kids that went as freddie and jason because they weren't scary to us anymore because they were just mass marketed. Right, yeah. They became almost cartoon characters. Oh, yeah. Well, Freddy especially was a complete cartoon character. Right. You know, At least Jason held off till he went to Manhattan to become a complete <laughs> joke. But. Right. Well, the, you know, the... Uh, the the p the pc uh culture has kind of taken over where we're so worried about what kids are going to be exposed to mm-hmm. and oh how it's going to ruin them forever and stuff like that and i'm like well i i should, probably shouldn't use myself as an example but you know i turned yeah, mr out christopher okay. walken porn yeah exactly <laughs> but like we all turned out all right at yeah. the end of the day like we didn't all become mass murderers and psychos and whatever like it it, it really uh, i i think we're we're able to make that distinction at some point. That, yeah, okay, and people that can't make that distinction aren't going to be able to, no yeah. matter what. Yeah, no, no matter the, what. Yeah, yeah, there's the, the the culture that they're exposed to isn't going to change that or, or and especially or that. with us, like the, the whole PG thing. Like you know, movies like Gremlins that was PG. That should that 
Oh, that yeah. was a terrifying movie for kids. <laughs> but it was so like, I mean, then they turned it around with Gremlins 2, and that was a total kids movie. Yep. But you had the first one, which was like not a kids movie at all. And there were so many things like the, people that are killed in it and things that are just horrific. <laughs> like even putting one in a microwave. And so there's so many fucked up things that happen because it wasn't intended to be. He didn't write it as a kids movie. It just kind of went down that path, and it was a PG, so they were able to get away with it. And then even Poltergeist. Older guys is PG. You have a guy who literally rips his face off in bloody chunks <laughs> into a sink. And this is PG. Totally fine for me to watch. No problem. And everything, and even Jaws was PG. Yeah. It's Alive is another one. Like, there's these movies that have these like really horrific things that it's totally fine. Like, if I, and thankfully I didn't, but if I had seen Jaws when I was little, Fuck you, am I ever going to an ocean? <laughs> like, that would have scarred me for the rest of my life if I saw that when I was little. But, you know, the the, the, the same, like, you look at, um, you look at, like, the marketing of, of Freddy and Jason. Like, they were they were action figures. Mm-hmm. They were video games. TV shows. TV were, shows. Yeah. There was, so, there, and there was stupid, stupid merchandise. Oh, I God. mean, not just T-shirts and things like that, but, I mean, like, you know, little plastic heads with candy in them and all kinds of, like, you know, bizarre things. Uh, and, slippers. And sp- I remember the slippers. Oh, yeah, for, for sure. J- Jason didn't have his... M- no, Freddy he, became really mass market. Yes. Freddy, I think, much more yeah. so than Jason. Yeah. But it was still, like, the fact that it, it, when you think about it, it's like this is a guy who specifically targets children he was a and child, teens. Yeah, he, he was a child murderer hinted at being a pedophile right yeah they never really explicitly said yeah, and they have and they still. have a, they have a talking doll of him where he could pull a string and his 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 entire body is burned <laughs> i mean he's covered in in scars and and you know he, he looks horrific and he's got a clawed hand for god's sake we're marketing this towards kids and no one ever stopped him was like mm, nah, we shouldn't be doing this now it's like everything is so over analyzed oh you can't even get it to attempt attempt to get it to market right exactly like I, you know, good example. Like literally, just before I came, uh, I was just scrolling through my newsfeed and saw like, oh, they, they we have to pull this uh, cover of Iron Man because now there there's there's a, a woman Iron Man in the comics, and they this oh this this is it's it's too controversial. We have to pull this cover or whatever. And I'm looking at it, and I'm like, what is wrong with this? Like, there's nothing about it that's remotely any different than any other comic cover I've ever seen for decades. It was nothing overly sexual. Oh, it's too sexualized. It sexualizes the character. It's like, dear God, do you realize who reads these fucking things? <laughs> like they need this. Of course it's over sexualized, <laughs> you know, just it, it, it's, it's gotten outrageous. It's so crazy where people really overthink everything and everything mm-hmm. has to be symbolic of something. You know, everything's oh, yeah. like, you know, That's what's oh, like, I always wonder, well, what does this say to our kids? Or what does this say to children? These people Maybe it's that just see entertainment. It. Like sometimes a cigar is just a yeah, cigar. As that's they I mean, say. these people that, that see a penis and everything and stuff, it's like, how repressed are you? Yes. That exactly. this is what you like. You do you literally. Is this how you live? Because yeah. if you do, I'm sorry. And, and when you think about it, it's like when you let that stuff get to when you let that stuff go too far. Like as a comic fan, I look at it as as um, you know the the old the old days of uh, seduction of the innocent. You know, back mm-hmm. in the 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 twenties and thirties and forties, they were really so uh, so wrapped up in this this one psychologist who wrote this 
book that's completely baseless, has no uh, uh, basis in reality whatsoever, it's just his theories that there were hidden sexual meanings and violent meanings inside the comic books that literally an entire art medium almost was wiped off the face of the earth because one asshole wrote a book and a bunch of people wrote about it. Like, we got so turned up about, oh, you know, these kids are becoming juvenile delinquents. Like, see, look, this ju- this kid's in, in, in reads comics and he's in you know he's in in jail or whatever and it's like well do you ever think that maybe those things aren't connected like maybe he's in jail and he has nothing else to read no, but a comic book no it's easier to just say that this is what it is yeah exactly it's easier to blame it on this or blame it on yeah. that rather What's the thing than with take personal responsibility been, it's always been that way with stuff yes. but that's the one thing it's like speaking like with, with innocence like that's one thing that's fun being at the time when we grew up in these movies is there was still an innocence about them that you could watch these movies when we were kids, like even like even a Gremlins or stuff like. There was still something even when we saw were exposed to some of these maybe more horrific images that were in PG movies. Sure. There was still an innocence that like we didn't feel like the first time you ever watched like a really graphic horror movie that you could just tell was like really just vile yes. with it. You felt different. Yeah. Like it was like something was taken watching these other things like you didn't have that that's not what the intent was it was just more of like a good scare like that mm-hmm. was it like there was no malicious intent behind it it wasn't like i'm gonna strap this girl down gouge out her eyeball and get into like guinea pig territory where it's just <laughs> is fucked up like what are you you watching an autopsy or something like, right. like it's it's just kind of just to have fun and scare you a little bit like you know like an old hitchcock movie or, or things like a vincent price film stuff like that like that's that's what was there and that's what they were intended to be. And that's what they started to kind of do. Like even when we were kids, like films like, you know, like the monster squad or like the gate or things like that. Like right. they were marketed for kids. They were still scary, mm-hmm. but they weren't just trying to, to take it, take something from a kid. There was still an innocence after that. you watched it. You still had fun and you laughed Yeah, and you were scared. Right. It was a ride basically. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's what they should be. And it, it was it was a great way to introduce kids to those ideas, like yeah. oh, you know, Dracula and the Mummy. Because we were definitely for us like the Universal monster movies, like we could not sit and watch them when we were kids. Right. It was just like it was such a disconnect. I didn't get the themes that were going on. It was black and white, which was the curse of death as an <laughs> evil kid. Like, oh God, it's in black and white. I'm not watching. Like as soon as TV Land came on, like at Nick and Night or something, like, oh fuck, it's black That's and for white. Old people. Yeah, I'm not watching this. <laughs> My eyes aren't set for this kind of stuff. But it was like that was the kiss of death. So there there was, but they took the themes of those because the, the original themes of the universal horror monsters was, you know, this feeling alienated from society, trying to become part of something else, but just feel like you always cited for the monsters when you watch those. Right. Like you really did. You felt something for them. They weren't just there to butcher you. Like mm-hmm. that's way are the art movies are now with a lot of horror uh, movie monsters or serial killers. Right. They're just there to butcher you. Who gives a shit about why? And I, I do wonder, you know, if kids growing up now, do they feel the same way about those like horror movies that we did as a kid? Because I remember like watching The Shining and like you said, it changes you like mm-hmm. it. You know, watching The Shining for the first time. Even w- even though I was you know a teenager, I was probably maybe fourteen or something at the time, and 
seeing, especially the scene where uh, the the decaying uh, woman who comes mm-hmm. out of the tub. Yeah, you know, like that was something I had never seen. I thought you said the blowjob in the uh, <laughs> in the hotel room with the rabbit. Yeah, <laughs> just because that'll change you. <laughs> <laughs> I think I I barely understood what that meant. Oh, you know? I, don't, like, I don't think anybody understands what that. Was. <laughs> there was that uh, documentary at Room Two Three Seven about everything. Oh with it. yes, but oh anyway. god, I I don't I don't think I could ever sit through that documentary again. What what a I what a steaming pile! Like I I I really it, it just shows people that have a camera shouldn't always make something with it. Yes, Cause just because you have an opinion doesn't mean you should hash it out into a documentary. I almost felt like halfway through this is a joke, right? Yeah. Like this is definitely a joke. Like we just got a bunch of people together who wrote like these bizarre interpretations that make absolutely no sense, and they're but they're t- they're saying them seriously oh, to yeah. a camera. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. This is legit. No, fuck this. No, this is, this that, is stupid. Yeah, 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 I don't think anybody had a, a opinion that was different from that one. <laughs> yeah, but um, but yeah, it, like seeing that as a as a kid and and mm-hmm. getting those images at the, at that age, it was like, wow, this is this is you know disturbing and weird. And I I feel like a lot of movies now, especially because they're so CG heavy, it's like that was done with effects and it looked real. Yeah, like it oh, really yeah. looked like a, a decaying person, you know, and. To to see this stuff now, it's like well, there there's not a lot of iconic villains like there used to mm-hmm. be. Uh, you know, even if you you put aside Freddy and Jason and stuff like that, there was somewhat of of you know those those movies that are just in the canon in terms of, of oh, horror. Yeah. And you don't see a lot of those today that are going to be remembered in ten years and twenty years. No, it's years very much a, like of the time type stuff. Yeah. And so that's, I, that's I, does it have an effect because it doesn't really seem real? Well, it's also you know, growing up, like I mean, my my first exposure was like I still remember like the when the first like actual horror movies that I watched, and, and I mean horror light was The Birds. I remember watching that with my mother, mm. and like, yeah, it's a horror movie, but it's not like hor- horrific or like you know, I remember uh, Mask of the Red Death or Doctor Fives of Vincent Price, yeah, um, or Night of the Living Dead, like the, these things that they had, they were horror movies. There was no question, but they weren't like what they are today right and that's what I, I wonder is because there's not a lot of horror movies being made that were like that that they are more of i mean it's not the torture porn stuff but it's still like that's what they're, they're very heavy in that they're not as like you don't see and the, the issue is is you don't really see a lot of good pg or pg-13 horror movies because they're not scaring people as much or not right and that's why I think is the detriment because no one's funding that. There probably is some really good stuff out there, but mm-hmm. no one's funding that because it to them the audience isn't interested. But it'll be right. interesting because that new Ouija movie is coming out. Yes. And that's a PG thirteen. And I he's a phenomenal director and I'm I'm looking forward to it because actually and from all the reviews, like that actually is supposed to be good. And the first the trailer looked decent. Yeah, I was pleasantly surprised. And the first one was a steaming pile of crap. And he even <laughs> said, like in interviews, like, "Why did you take this on?" Well, the first one obviously didn't do what it was supposed to do. Right. Um, I'm not going by that. Like, this is not a meant to be like, "Oh, I'm just gonna pick up where that left off." Like, that's not what this is supposed to be. This is, and they told they they asked him to do this film. Mm. They brought him in because they wanted because they felt Blumhouse felt that the first one was so bad. And it didn't do what it should have done, but it financially it did well. But they, it, as a movie, they knew like this was just you know one and done, and and they didn't want that. They they wanted more of a story with that. They brought him in because they liked what he's been doing. Hmm. 
Um, I know he did that movie Hush. Did you see? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, he's like a phenomenal, phenomenal director. I'm trying to think of the other movies that he's done, but he's he's had like a huge slew of like just really good movies. So when I heard that he was being brought in, I'm trying to talk and bring this up. Um, but he's done like so many different. Here we go. Here we go. Click on. Yep, listening to someone search the internet. <laughs> <laughs> really riveting uh, stuff. Yeah, he. Um, okay, he's done. Oh, Absentia. That's the other one I'm trying to think of. And Oculus was the other one. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, I've heard that's very good. And Oculus. And Oculus is one of those ones. Like I was, I had seen. I, you know, Mike Flanagan's his name too. Am I even? I'm saying all his movies, but yeah. um, I had seen Absentia a while ago, and it was really, really good. And Hush was one of those interesting ones because they did it, and it was direct release to Netflix. Didn't right. do in theaters and stuff, and everybody was like, "Why would you do that?" But everyone now, everyone's kind of like, "That's a fucking genius move because it's immediately into millions upon millions of people's houses, right?" And you don't have to try to dredge them out and go. And there, it was a good, really good movie. Um, and he had done another one before that too. So I'm trying to think. Nah, I'm not going to go find it in this time. Um, but when they brought him in to to do this, it was like I want to see what he has to do with it because like he has an interesting viewpoint. Um, his movies have been really good and I, it's been a natural progression, which is what you want to see in a, in a good, especially in the horror films. Um, you want to see a director naturally progressing. Yes. Cause that's the toughest genre to do that in because as soon as you start getting an inkling of success, most studios want to kind of come in and start taking you in these different directions that these blockbuster movies are. And it's like, it doesn't, horror is such a tough area to negotiate. With with horror, I think they want to build everything into a franchise, mm-hmm. and that oh, yeah. and that goes back to what we were saying before. Oh, you yeah. know, Freddie and Jason quickly became these huge franchises, mm-hmm. and they really got away from what made them scary and interesting in the first place. I mean, you watch the original movies, and they're so different from where the series went. At, oh you know? God, yeah. And then by the time, like, I was seeing R-rated movies in the theaters. I do remember seeing like H2O was a big deal oh, when it God. came out. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah, yeah, it was. Because it was like, wow, you know, Michael Jamie Myers back, is coming back yeah. and, and, you know, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is actually back in the movie. And Was know, that the one with, uh, oh, God, rapper? I can't, I can't. No, that was the one after that. Oh, that okay. was Resurrection. I always forget because like, they, they, that's the one the series that bums me out the most because Halloween, the original. Is oh, one of my favorite it's movies a ever. Masterpiece. And even the second one, I didn't mind. Like, it yeah. wasn't great. I, I think it. I think and it's I love, better than people give it credit. for. I love the third one, and it yes. has nothing to do with anything. But I've always loved the third one. And then after that, to me, I did not like four or five. I don't mind. I'll watch four or five when it's around, like now, and it's yep. on. I'll watch them. I don't care for them too much. Um, four is better than five if i'm gonna put the two together yeah it just it's one of those series that progressively went downhill into the complete below the freaking shitty dumpster like it went really down like and i don't even understand why i I remember h2o was marketed as like the comeback yeah the return to form and everything yeah yeah, exactly and it's not bad it's not great it's yeah oh it's definitely the 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 one after it was definitely yes the one after that was was pure like let's just milk this for all it's worth mm-hmm. and listen to every studio executive with a bad idea was, you know like was that the one they had that was with the with the uh, internet stuff too yes, right yeah which yes. which is so funny because you know we look at that now and we laugh um but 
at the same time, like, what is it going to be like when we watch movies from now in 20 years? Is it going to be <laughs> as funny to see? Because, like, you see that stuff, right. and it's like, it's, I mean, it's, it's why they always, it's kind of the kiss of death in a lot of ways to put technology into movies. Right. Because it's automatically going to, you're dating the movie. Sure. It's not going to be an evergreen movie by any means because it's going to be comical at some point. And, and I, th- I think that's why you see a lot of stuff uh, I've noticed over the last few years. I think Stranger Things being one of the big examples where they're, they set things back a couple years or a couple decades so that they avoid that issue where it's like, well, this person could easily get out of a scene because they'd have a cell phone on them. Yeah. You know, or, yeah. you know, this person would be saved because, you know, the, we've over franchise everything and they could probably just walk to Walmart, you know, like there's, there's so many things that you can get out of now because of, you know, modern technology and modern advances and the way things are now as opposed to the way they are then. Mm-hmm. So it's just easier to set it back a couple decades and say, oh, it takes place in the seventies or eighties or whatever. So now we've taken all that stuff right out. You know, once the power's out, that's it. You know, oh, they, yeah. they can't, they, they can't call anybody. They can't see where they're going. They're not. And that's gonna, what I think is, is, is for us with this time period of, of getting into it, that's what's more interesting in so many ways because just seeing how the genre has gone, but with our life, like, you know, being brought up in the eighties, like that was scary. The power going out right. and and you losing phone service. Cause that's it. Right. And it's just like, and now over time, like seeing that change, but we've been there for that technological change too. So it's interesting. Cause you can, if you put on, a movie that was in that time period to a kid that's, you know, 15 now and the power goes out and the phone's down, their immediate thought is, like, well, just use your cell phone. And you could say to them, well, you didn't have cell phones back then. Right. But that's still that fear. There's a disconnect in why that's so scary. Yes. That that's what it is. It's funny to see some of this stuff now because you see that disconnect of like, well, why? I don't understand why they're so afraid. You're because they, they don't see themselves as ever being cut off. Like their their mind doesn't see themselves as cut off from anybody ever. I, I remember even seeing Halloween on TV one time and somebody had said, well, you know, how, how come she doesn't just run in the street and knock on somebody's door or something like that or whatever? And it's like, well, because it's Halloween and everybody thinks that if you're out screaming in the middle of the street, oh, it's just trick or treaters. Oh, it's just a prank. It's mm-hmm. just whatever, you know, like you're going to you're going to naturally ignore that, you know, like. It's not like today where you know everybody's up in everybody's business. Oh you know? yeah. <laughs> like, God, yeah, no, it's a huge difference. <laughs> yeah, it's a totally different world. You can't make that criticism now from a modern standpoint. You know, oh it's, yeah, it's it's, it's to... totally different. You know, and it, it's it's one of those things like you know even getting into these like I remember you know watching all these growing up and the first R, the first R horror movie that I watched, which it wasn't even R initially because I'd watched because I was. I was brought up to be very afraid of R-rated movies, even if they were comedies. <laughs> I, I, from in my little brain, the most horrific things were going to be in that film. Oh, wow. So I was like scared to death of them. And the Friday the Thirteenth and Nightmare on Elm Street, I had always seen. I used to love. I still remember getting like the little HBO guide and just staring at the artwork for them and stuff because I was like so mesmerized by this. Yeah, but I would never watch the movies um but eventually friday the 13th i remember they had a marathon on fox or one of the networks probably fox because they used to put anything because just to put something on they still do <laughs> yeah that's true <laughs> but, but so it was censored though for for network of course and i actually watched them i don't remember which one i started with and i you know yeah the kills weren't there but you knew what happened and i'm like oh 
these are really bad and funny. Right. And I, and then it like kind of clicked with me. I'm like, wait a minute. All right. So then I started, I watched that and I watched like Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, and I was like kind of working my way through all these things. I'm like, oh, these are just like, they're not scary. And then I remember the one that I remember finally seeing that really stuck in my head is like, oh, this is an R movie was the original Dawn of the Dead mm. because I saw it and like I, I was old enough to kind of get what the messages were. Right. And I had remembered the movie from when I was a kid because I remember they made trading cards of the original Dawn of the Dead <laughs> or or they're a part of I, I just remember a couple of kids like having these little cards that were Dawn of the Dead and they had images from the movie. Of like the bikers being ripped in part in the in the mall and and the zombies walking around like just like the stupid face on one of them or something, and I never knew what it was though. I'm mm-hmm. Like oh my god, it, it was one of those things. Like the imagery always, I always loved the imagery of these things when I was a kid, mm. but I was so scared to actually watch the movie. <laughs> and so I you remember built it up in your head, yeah, because I'm thinking like it's gonna be, I'm gonna see someone really killed. Like you know, I'm gonna see like the most horrible thing. I'm gonna see a guy, really, some normal guy, just because yeah, as a kid, you don't even understand what death is. Yeah, like, you don't really get it. You know, it, it, and even as an adult, when you think about it, you're just like, ah, I, I got to stop thinking yeah. about what it's like to be dead or anything like that. So as a kid, that's really, really frightening. Oh God, yeah, and that that's what it, it was like. I couldn't get that, but then I remember watching Dawn of the Dead, and like I just loved it because I, I I sat through it. I didn't get like I mean I, I was probably thirteen something like that, and uh, I loved it and it just like clicked with me. I understood the messagery behind it and everything, and and there was just so much there. So I'm like okay, and that got me going down the path. And I remember I, then I saw Halloween right around the same time. Not that that's gory by any means. Actually, not most of the. That's what's funny is like even Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I remember the first time I watched that, I was not one I was scared to death to watch because you've seen all these things. It's so awful. It's this. It's that. Yeah. There's nothing in it. And that's what's so funny is like these movies were like the most horrendous things ever made, but there's nothing there. And that's what's so funny, which is, says a lot about them. Yeah, it's all cutaways and stuff like that. But they're but so I, powerful because the images that you think is going to happen. Yeah. Because, I mean, you know, you got to imagine too that. Uh, this was before home video was a regular thing. Mm-hmm. And then as it became even a regular thing, like VHSs were kind of expensive for a long time. And Oh, yeah. If you, you return them to Blockbuster, you get that bill for like $135. Like, yeah, exactly. What the are you talking about? The, the, we, didn't, we didn't have all this on-demand stuff or whatever. Mm-hmm. So you couldn't just pop it on and just watch it. You know, you couldn't just download it in five minutes or, you know, oh, yeah. just, it was just sitting on demand. If you were going to get something, whatever. even if you, you came home and it was a piece of shit, you were finishing it because you paid for it. Right. And that was that. And, and your memory of it is so so different from what it actually yeah. is because your mind fills in the gaps you know there's all kinds of studies well, about and, that you, and because you don't of those remember stuff that happened to you correctly oh god never yeah. mind movies that you watch people are turning away during those things too so they sure. think that they saw this right because they turned away and when they turned back it wasn't there anymore so they they assume this is what happened on top of putting in those false memories of things that happened that didn't happen. But as we know, some of the best horror is the stuff that you don't see. Yeah. It's, it's in your mind. That's why these movies are classics, because of that fact. Whereas, you know, you see some of the ones that are around now that are just, like, showing everything. They're forgettable for the most part. Right. Because there, there is no tension. There's no buildup. You're not, like, you don't, you don't have that feeling mm-hmm. that, that you had in some of these older movies that, that gave you that. 
or you have like a balance like Dawn of the Dead is a great balance where you are seeing a lot of the gore. You're mm-hmm. seeing stuff that maybe you didn't see in other movies be, uh, because of, you know, uh, the, the special effects and stuff. But they're, the characters are very strong and you care about them a lot more than you do your average horror movie where yeah. it's like, eh, I don't care if this oh, person yeah. lives or dies. Like if it's yet another cheerleader, it's like, who fucking cares, you know? But you really are rooting for these people to survive. Mm-hmm. And you, you really get, like, when you see, you know, one of the guys get bit and you know that he's going to die, you're like, fuck, you're, you're so mad about it because you're like, geez, I, I, I was rooting for that guy. I was yeah. hoping that he was going to make yeah, it. Yeah, it's like the biggest thing is, like, if you don't have the character that people care about, then what are you doing? Like, that's the whole point. Like, it's just, and that's where I think a lot of these movies wind up going, which is what, I don't want to say killed the genre because then nothing has ever killed the genre, but but took away a lot because people went down that path over and over again. It was just like these setup of crap slasher movies, mm-hmm. which I mean, not not in the. I still even the worst eighty slasher movie, I will still take over a lot of what they put out now <laughs> that are like kind of slasher, yeah, but in a different way. Like the 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 fun of that time period is gone in the movies now because now it's just set up kill set up kill set up kill and in this gory way it's not even like the funny way because they started getting very comical because they knew what they were doing so they weren't taking it seriously um but at the same time to see it now that that's not there so there's nothing enjoyable and that's why i i hate like seeing I don't like to sit and be like, oh, you know, all these older ones are so much better because there is some some really good horror movies coming out. Um, it's just you don't see a lot of them uh, mass marketed as much because most of those are like they're just try- basically what a lot of the movies are is they're trying to make their money back on opening weekend. That's sure. that's their hope. And yep. that's it. And they just kind of disappear. And unfortunately, it's working. <laughs> so you kind of keep seeing more of those things coming back. And, and I, I think there was more, uh, you know, you hear the word corny a lot. People that are, are you know, mm-hmm. that, this, that, that they want to avoid. Oh, I, I don't want to see a movie that's corny. I want to see a movie that's scary. It's actually going to scare me or whatever. And it's like, but you're already going in knowing this is a movie. You're yeah. knowing this is these are fictional people in a fictional world on a screen. So it's really hard to, to say, like, like you know, and I know you, you know this because you used to work at Blockbuster, too. People would always come in, I want a scary movie. And it's so hard to say, well, yeah, this is scary and this isn't. Because what's scary to me isn't going to be scary to you. Mm-hmm. You know, that might be corny to you. You might think, oh, yeah, it's cheesy and stupid oh, or yeah, whatever. But I thought it was great, you know, like because I'm, I'm looking at it over the overall entertainment value. I'm not really scared by things that I, I see on I the screen. I always hated most things in my life. Like I hate giving recommendations to people. Because it's like I feel like I have to do a five minute interview with you first, right? Before exactly. I can say anything, because like, then it's gonna be like, oh, okay. I try to get an, I would try to get an idea like, what movies do you like? Like, what yeah. other horror movies have you enjoyed or that you thought were scary? That maybe I could try to find something that's in the same vein. But it's really hard to, to say that because some, you know, I I think you know Halloween is is a really well done horror movie oh, yeah. where it's 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 scary and you can get yourself into that situation. You could feel. The, the the fear there but like you know uh, somebody else might watch that and go nah this is this is cheesy this is it's you old. know it's old it's boring you know there's not enough happening there's not enough kills and that's, whatever yeah, that's that's the thing is interesting in the horror genre is as you get into it it's almost like things continue to build and you get into like you know people are into like the, the gore hounds that are like really into just like 
slaughtering everybody. But, but it's funny because it really is, when you think about it, the only movie genre that has that. There's no, like, extreme drama. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, there's not like, this woman's crying more than anybody's ever. <laughs> like, you don't have that. And that's what's funny with it is, like, you, you, you see that, but it's, like, so unique into that genre. That's true. That no one else has. But, but at the same time, like, I feel like it's, it's sacrificing the plot in a lot of ways. And right. that's why I think when people are saying, I want to be scared... It's like, well, but what kind of scared? Because I feel like, like are you scared by gore or are you I mean. scared it's, by it's like more the guy like, around the corner? They, they, to me, a lot of when they people are saying they want to be scared, it's more of just a visceral blood thing, yes, or a loud sound, mm. and that's what a lot of what they are now, and that's why I hated. I mean, like I really, I know some people love it. I hated the torture porn period of of horror movies. I never liked them. I I get it. I never liked. Because to me, it wasn't interesting. Like I love exploitation films. I love Italian films. I love Fulci. I don't. I don't. I'm not like, you know, opposed to gore. I just did not like it because to me it was just mean, and that was it. That was the intent. Well, let's be honest. That that whole thing started with Saw. Yeah, Saw was Which the Saw big was, one. Saw, but in and of itself, Saw was not trying to do that. Saw itself, the original, was good and had a purpose. Right. But what it inspired yes. took what they were doing in the first one, almost like how Halloween was not a very gory slasher movie. But, but it inspired many yes. sl- slasher movies that had that those elements. And that's what happened with Saw. Like Saw had gore, but nowhere near where that genre went after. And then everybody kind of, you know, one-upping each other until you get human centipede. <laughs> I mean, like, that's what wound up happening. Right, right, exactly. And, and I think, you know, like, like I, uh, growing up, uh, because I wasn't into that stuff and I didn't follow as much of that stuff, I didn't really get into horror movies like hardcore until, like, college, until mm. I started working at places like Blockbuster. And you start hanging out with other people that have different tastes, and they're like, all right, I'll try one of your movies, but you try one of my movies. You know, you 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 see this, or you know, you meet those guys who are like, oh, you haven't seen any of the classics, and you're like, the classics to them are totally different than uh-huh. the classics that you grew up. I always with, remember the look know? when someone said, "You ever saw Dead Alive?" <laughs> I'm like, "No, here, just take my car, just go." Walk. And then <laughs> I still remember watching it too. I'm going like, "What the fuck <laughs> is going on?" Because <laughs> I, because that was the best. Like that's what. That's the one thing that is also different with things now is, you know, we had the opportunity to see so many things blind. Yeah. Like the best we got was reading the back of the cover. That's like true. Th- that was it. That was the best that we had. Yeah, you didn't you couldn't just look it up on your phone. Yeah. And if you had a good friend, they wouldn't tell you shit about it. They would right. just say, You're gonna like it. There's this one fucked up scene or something like that. Like that's all you got though. Yeah. Then you, of course you had the friend that was like, oh, just <laughs> ruined the whole thing. <laughs> but, it, but it was like most of the time that was the best yeah. you got. Now, like while you're sitting and watching it, you can go on to IMDb, read the parents' guide. It'll tell you every kill that's happening through the whole movie. So you, like you know what's going. Like, there's nowhere you will see everything all the time. Yeah, it's really hard to avoid, and and it's not just you know like like spoilers. It's just straight out, like just taking entire chunks of the movie and ruining them for yeah. you in, 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 a, in a way that isn't meant to be spoilery, but essentially it is because, like you said, you could only you could only read the title and whatever was on the back, which was usually pretty vague. Yeah. 
Um, you know, you saw a couple because they wanted you to rent there. it. They wanted you to be intrigued and want to pick this up. Exactly, exactly. It was just a tease, and that was it. You couldn't even see like now you see the trailer before you see the movie. You know, and and that's how movies are marketed now. You see, like like we were just talking about earlier. You know, like oh, we're gonna l- release the teaser, and then the teaser to the teaser, and then you get uh, trailer one, then trailer two, then the final trailer. You know, yeah. so by then you've already seen roughly a good ten or fifteen minutes of the movie between all this footage, between the TV spots and the trailers and everything else. So, uh, bet- you know, and, and it, it, you're still going to see it, but I feel like a lot of that those parts are taken away because you're almost, you're waiting for those parts to show up. You're like, oh, I remember yeah. that really good part in the trailer where he says this or he does that. And then if it's not there, you're like, what Yeah, the fuck? yeah, because then a lot of stuff doesn't even end up in the movie because mm-hmm. they cut the, tr- the trailer months and months and months before the final cut of the movie is released. So by then, some of that stuff might have not even made it in. So then you're like, oh, yeah, I thought there was the part where he does this, and that's not in I, there. I really, if I if there's a, a movie trailer I see, then I'm like, oh, this looks interesting. I will try to not really watch anything else with it in there if it's something I know I want to see, because in that way, I don't really have a good memory of the first time seeing the trailer. Because like I don't I'm I I never go online looking for trailers. Um, like I have a friend who'll occasionally like send me stuff or something for like some obscure movie. Um, but I don't try to seek anything out because in that way, I'm not sitting you know with my headphones on watching it and then soaking it all in. Right. This way, but just something that comes across somewhere randomly see it. Oh, it looks good. Won't remember shit about it. Right. So in that way, if I actually sit down and watch it. I'm like, that's why like the conjuring too like i said like i liked it because i paid zero attention to any of the trailers mm-hmm. i don't i couldn't tell you i may have even only seen one commercial for it if that i just try to avoid that stuff and then that way i can see it there's nothing that i'm looking for or this this setup looked cool because mm-hmm. that used to happen all the time is that horror is one of the worst for that well right. horror and comedy are both like the worst for putting stuff in a trailer that's not in the movie <laughs> because all they, I mean, it's, it goes back to the whole Roger Corman school of thought It's just like, just get their ass in the seat. And I don't fucking care. <laughs> like that's all that it is. And that's what a lot of that stuff was. It was just, they'd put these shots in to get you there. And that's all they cared about. They had you fuck them. That's it. Right. Exactly. But no, go ahead. Then go ahead. I was going to say like going, you know, with things like, I don't, when did you start getting into Italian stuff then? Uh, it, it it wasn't until uh, until I was in college, I would say, cause that I, far, I first started discovering that stuff. Because then, I, I, you know, that was when I was seeing things like Evil Dead and mm-hmm. stuff for the first time. Like, I'd never even really heard anything about that movie until around that time. So uh, by that point, I, I knew, okay, this by reading it, uh, about it and hearing ab- about it from f- certain friends, it was like, okay, I'm going to like this. This is something that's Did you start out with the first Evil or Dead or the second one first? I was able to actually watch them in order. Okay. That's how I watched them in order, too. I still remember the first, because I'm, I'm asking because I remember a friend of mine uh, telling me about the first one. I don't remember if I rented or if someone let me borrow it. Um, they said, the only thing I'm going to warn you about is there's a tree rape scene. <laughs> and I took that as like, there's like a brutal rape scene not like right that a tree, a tree was rape. actually doing it <laughs> so i'm sitting like oh god what, who's who? and as i'm watching i'm like this doesn't seem like it'd be a movie that would have someone being raped in it i don't understand what yeah this seems kind of random and then when that happened i'm like <laughs> holy shit because <laughs> i remember saying that to him afterwards but i, I just remember like that 
there's so many of that because I remember like that was Italian for me was when it like really opened up I and mean, the first time I watched mm. I, I think the first one I saw was House by a Cemetery with from Fulci okay that was the first like and in that's that, a good one to start yeah, out with because it was like alright it, it had American touches so it was kind of a good because yeah. once you get into the Italian horror films that whole stream of conscience like it, yeah. it they're not movies you can just put on for somebody I, I had a good introduction with it with uh, Suspiria yeah. was the first one. And I think that's a first one for a lot of people. Oh, yeah. Because it's one of the more talked about and, and kind of universally oh, praised still, yeah. Italian horror I remember horror the films. first time watching that. Cause I remember I remember telling somebody that I'd watched Fulci and they said, oh, did you ever watch Suspiria? I said, no. And getting that, I, I, I might I have been like late teens and I just was so blown away. Like that that movie. And I understand... Most Italian horror, like I, it's so funny because you know you say like, this is such a great movie. Like I know ultimately, if this was, if I'm sitting down as a movie critic, going through stuff, like these are not good movies. Suspiria, I I do think like as a critic that would still kind of hold up a little bit. It's a beautiful, beautiful movie, right? But that's what really pulled me in because it was it was seeing all those colors. And then I remember from that getting into Bava and then going back into some of his and then seeing that influence on Argento and just that use of color, it was that was, was so beautiful to me. And that's they're, they're remaking Suspiria now. They finally actually are doing it. Um, I don't care one way or the other. I'm not going to shit on a remake before it's made. The only thing that I my first thought on it was they can't redo that color palette. Right, and that's what that movie was to me was that color palette in the rooms and the way it was shot. Mm-hmm. It, it would not translate today. I don't see how they could do it mm-hmm. in a way that it was as vibrant. And right. that's what that movie was to me. It was these vibrant, beautiful colors, hmm. and I don't know how they would do it because it wouldn't be as interesting to today's audience because <laughs> it was an art house movie. That's how it, that's how it, it was a grindhouse film. Which Grindhouse and Art House are very, very similar. So I, I just don't, I don't know, I'm not going <laughs> to go off on that one. <laughs> one of the other things I wanted to get into because of Time Period Again is the cartoons that we had when we were kids. They were ah, yes. fucking awesome and also very much putting us into horror stuff. Yeah. Like Garfield Halloween, mm-hmm. those pirate ghosts when you're kids <laughs> scared the shit out of you. <laughs> Um, the Halloween tree mm. was one of, did you ever watch Halloween tree when you were little? Or? Yeah. That was like, I loved that movie. I, I, I still have a VHS copy of that because I just loved that movie and I, you could not find it anywhere. I remember finding a VHS copy like Walmart for like a dollar or something. Mm. They were trying to get rid of it. And I've always loved that. I think they have it on DVD now. You can get it, but yeah, years, I, was, I, I couldn't tell you last time yeah. I actually saw it. But. I, I used to watch it every year until I just like, I don't have my VCR hooked up. Because I don't really watch as much on it now, so right. at some point I'll get the man cave out again. I'll have a VCR, <laughs> but it was like that. And then the Legend of Sleepy Hollow, the mm. Disney version yeah, of that. That was a great one. I loved that, and like that was just really all these things. Like they're it's very short, yeah, it, it's, but it's got these the imagery and like old Disney movies were scary as shit. Yeah, like there was so much in those that were just like awful. Do you remember they used to do uh a, like these uh compilation specials where like it would be like like Disney the Halloween, Halloween stuff and stuff. So yeah. yeah, so it would just be all the cartoons that they had that were Halloween themed just strung together, and then like they'd have like a narrator or mm-hmm. somebody in between like introducing each yep. one. It's usually Boris Karloff. 
Olaf did some of them too. Yeah, yeah. 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 There was the, the, and they they had all different stuff to try and connect them together or make them look like they were one cartoon, but they uh-huh. were really several and stuff. Like Quackbusters. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Looney Tunes did that a lot too. They mm. had a lot of uh, even theatrical movies where they would just yeah, ba- it, was just, it was just a series of the the, and they'd the add cartoons. In, the best was when they they'd add in these little vignettes in between and the voices were different. Yeah, the voices like, were completely different. Like Forty year time period between. Yeah, it was a totally different era. The animation doesn't match up whatsoever. <laughs> but uh, I do remember a lot of the the Halloween ones. I remember there was a there was a Ghostbusters themed one where it was like it, it was uh, you know Donald and and Goofy and Mickey as Ghostbusters, like like going through an old house trying to catch these ghosts. I don't and stuff. That one. But it was see the the thing was is this the, I I'm pretty positive the cartoon was made way before the actual Ghostbusters movie. Mm. So they were trying to market it that way, like oh yeah, it's kind of like that. But they were more or less just getting they were in a haunted house getting chased around by ghosts, and they were trying to catch the ghosts or get them out of the house or whatever the yeah. the, the the theme was. But uh, I I do remember those a lot. They were a lot of fun, and they would always play the Sleepy Hollow one somewhere within there. And it just is totally different, you know, because oh, yeah. the other stuff it's goofy and it's played up for comedy and stuff. But that was scary. Oh yeah, you know? it, was it was like very scary. And, and and that's the end. Like oh wow, he's yeah, killed. He's dead. Yeah. You know, like that's a, there's no Ichabod Crane's done. Yeah. you know, there there was spoiler so... warning. <laughs> <laughs> but that's like, and then even the other one too was was R.L. Stein books. Now I uh, okay, I. Yeah. I think when either either it was a, it was just I was getting out of it or I just didn't have interest anymore when Goosebumps came out. I was in RL like I don't want to sound like I'm like OG, but I was in RL Stein before Goosebumps. <laughs> it sounds like a pretentious thing like oh, but I didn't I never I don't know why. I don't remember why. I don't remember when Goosebumps came out, but I used to read when I was a kid. He used to have a, a line of books called Fear Street. Oh yes. They were awesome. I remember those. And I remember when I was in maybe 5th grade um taking out from the library the babysitter like one of his like old books and everything was just maybe i don't even know when it came out but to me it was one of his older books <laughs> and i remember reading that and that was the first time of reading that that classic babysitter story mm-hmm. um but it was i loved it i was so in like that was the first book i read from him and then i remember even my grandmother used to get me like fear street books for my birthday and for christmas and i used <laughs> to just read those all the time and they were they were just kind of like um short and basically murder mystery type books for yeah. for preteens or teens um they were good i mean they they the one thing that was i will say is that it didn't shy away like they, they did discuss things in like a, a more bloody level yep. of stuff um but i think that those are ones i love because they were about like real people it wasn't these fantastical things as much like there was spirits like and stuff. Was. yeah and that's why that's why i don't remember if if I knew of Goosebumps and I just didn't care for it, or I was, I, I don't know, because I mean, we used to love Are You Afraid of the Dark too. It was another thing. And yeah, that was, that was great. At the same time, um, but that was another show that was like great, all all Canadian. <laughs> um, I remember that show would inspire you know me and my cousin would uh, like sleep over my uh, grandmother's house because I had a really really cool grandmother uh, who would let us watch, you know, movies that maybe we shouldn't be watching and yeah. things like that and whatever. Cause, and it was a way for us to kind of get away from our parents, get away from our siblings and stuff like that and just hang out with somebody who is our peer, you know, mm-hmm. somebody of the same age and stuff. So I remember watching those and then staying up night trying to make up stories off the top of our heads that were like that. Like, uh, how far can we take this? Like, how scary can we make it and stuff? And it was it was cool. And I, I look back on it now and I'm like, maybe that was one of the many sparks that got me into writing. 
you know, because it was yeah. just making up these stories off the top of my head and coming up with these scenarios. And sometimes I'd write down or I'd jot, you know, little parts of them down and things. So I thought maybe that's that was an early start to it. Oh, definitely. And then one of the other, like, with that, that kind of made me think, like, I, when my friends and I used to get together, we used to read scary stories to tell in the dark. Oh, that was a great series. And, and like that artwork is incredible. Yeah, it's gone now. Do you know that? Really? Yeah they they've re they've reprinted them. It's it's all new artwork now. No, don't I don't even. It's so stupid because oh. that artwork was that. Yeah, book. that's it. Totally sold. It. I don't remember what the reasoning is. I just know that they've they've changed the artwork. I don't know if it was they decided to rebrand it or something happened. I don't know. Right. Um. But they're also making that into a movie. I heard that they were going to do. It's a in movie. development. I have no idea how long. I it's, think it's been in development yeah. for a while. Because um, I remember hearing about that years ago. I don't know how they can. I don't know. I don't know because those types of movies don't tend to to go well because it, it's not a cohesive story by any means. But they were right. when I was a kid. I mean, those were like really scary, really horrific yeah. stories that were, it wasn't just like. They left and, an impression. Yeah. And it wasn't just like, oh, and it was the, the neighbor the whole time. Like it was like, no, this was a fucking killer <laughs> that like gutted somebody. And like, like it was not, it was brutal. It was like, you know, gr- original grim fairy tales. <laughs> like there was not a funny, happy ending. Like people were. I remember one with like spiders that would like hatch behind your eyes or something like oh, that God, or got I inside your head or something that effect. I remember that like. B- yeah, they stayed with you though. Yeah, they, exactly. Remember, like, oh God, that's so freaky to think about. And they were written in such a great way too because you could sit around with a bunch of people and read them and everyone would be scared or you could sit by yourself and read it and be terrified. Right. It wasn't like it didn't have to be one or the other. So like I remember taking them all. I, I had, I have no idea with moving. I don't know where it is, but I had the box. They had put a box set out years ago of all of them, and I had had that. I have no clue where that's at. It's hmm. kind of gone, which sucks. Because I would honestly, I would probably still bust that out now and read it because <laughs> it's just been so long. I would love to just like read those. Yeah, and that's why when I heard about the artwork, I was like, shit. I wish I could find those because hmm. it was the original stuff in there. But there was like so much of that, and then. In, the other cartoon that had a huge, I don't say cartoon, but the other thing that had a huge impression on me was Vampire Hunter D. Oh, okay. I remember watching that. I was like 14, maybe. Mm. And it was it was randomly on. I couldn't even tell you the channel. Um, I woke up on like a Saturday night. Like It's odd for that to even be on. TV. Yeah. It was a Saturday night. Because like that was before anime morning. really like took oh, over yeah, as it like was, a big thing. Th- it was on a channel that it had no business. Be- it was on like TBS or something like that. This channel that had no reason for this <laughs> to be on. Yeah. Because I remember waking up and I was like, oh, God, I can't fall back asleep. And I'm just flipping through TV. And it had, I had just missed the first like minute or something. Like I barely missed any of it. And I just saw this like imagery. I'm like, what is this? And I was instantly wide awake and I sat there and I watched the whole thing and it's like, holy shit, this is amazing. And I went out, bought the VHS tape like almost immediately after. Still have, I think I paid like probably 25 bucks for it or <laughs> for a VHS copy. Um, but I, like, I loved it. Like that had a huge impression on me within that artwork and, and the, that imagery of stuff. Like mm-hmm. I just, that was another thing that had a huge impression on me, which is another like great thing. Like that's, with all of this stuff with a gateway, like that's to me what it is, is not so much like how do I get them into this or how do I get someone into horror? It's just that imagery and that feeling sitting with you. Yeah. It doesn't even have to be something like you loved. It's just, there's so much with that of the stuff that we were into when we were kids that got us into it. It was the imagery that sat with us. It wasn't so much like, Oh, this is horror. I love it. 
Mm-hmm. It was just that that imagery. It, you know, and it would put stuff into your head that probably wouldn't have been there otherwise. Like, yeah. you know, I remember, you know, s- s- uh, lying awake at night and being like, oh, you know, th- there, there's going to be something, you know, that I heard a creak and it must be yeah. somebody around the corner with a knife or whatever. How would that image ever get in my head if mm-hmm. it wasn't for those books? Oh, God, yeah. Or those stories or, or watching that stuff on TV? Like, how would that ever get into my head otherwise? There, it made me think because I, I I have a cat and made me think there was a video someone made a while ago, and it was <clears throat> living at home with a cat versus not living at home with a cat, <laughs> and just the random sounds that you hear like with a cat you're like what are you doing and then not with a cat like, what the fuck is that <laughs> like you're just like scared to death because there's these awful sounds happening but it's like that that's what it's like with, with these things like you you I never had those I remember being a, like I remember being home with my cousin. And we were like playing games or something, and like I heard the floor settle upstairs. <laughs> I'm convinced someone's walking around up there. Right. Both of us freak out because like I'm freaking her out. She starts getting freaked out, which is freaking me out more. We run over to my grandparents. <laughs> and it's like, but those thoughts never would have been. If I never saw any of that stuff, like you're not naturally inclined to think there's a killer in your house. Right. That's not a normal thought that you're born with. <laughs> The thing is, is, it didn't ruin your life either. No, you know, no, it, it didn't made, make it into. It made some, it more interesting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's not just, a creek anymore. It's a killer. Like, it's part of growing up. It's part of being a kid. Yeah. Like I, I feel like a lot of that stuff is taken away when we worry so much about. Oh my God! Well, if if they're exposed to this, then what will happen? It's yeah. like, so maybe they'll get scared every once in a while, or maybe, maybe it's they, good you know, for them to be afraid of something. Yeah. Right. Like. God, people are just you know. Uh, I I I never I never I I wanted to get your opinion on this too. I I don't think we've ever talked about it, but uh, cause, because I missed the whole Freddie and Jason train, so to speak, mm-hmm. I didn't see them until you know years later, and I kind of knew who they were, but I wasn't necessarily into them or whatever. I think the first big franchise that I remember, you know, movie wise, was Scream. Scream was like a huge, huge deal when it came out mm-hmm. in the 90s. And it might not seem that way now. Like uh, Ghostface is still kind of thrown around every once in a while when you think of iconic horror or whatever, yeah. but never at the level that you would see, you know, Michael Myers or Freddie or Jason or any of those characters. So it's uh, Scream, like, w- was, a, was a huge thing when it came out because it was the next big thing. It was like the huge franchise. And yeah. Like, it was I the was first just really at the age like where, that. yeah, I could yeah. go and see it and stuff like that. And I don't know if everybody got the meta thing right away. Like, I think the the maybe the slightly older ones did. But I think, you know, younger people, they were just like, oh, it's just the next scary movie yeah. with a guy running around. Oh, with yeah, that's all it was. Whatever. Yeah. They weren't looking at the symbolism behind it and what Wes Craven was trying to say with it. I remember going, I, I don't remember if I knew that it was going to be self-referential, um, but it was, and I can't, it's been the, the character that, that knew, that was always saying, like, you know, these are the rules. I can't think yes. of his name, but but seeing him, I'm like, oh, like <laughs> that's when it was just like everything, like kind of clicked in. Like, I get this. It just like really like that, and that's when I want to really liking it. Yeah, because I remember the 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 big I remember the big hype. I still remember because I remember working at Blockbuster with it too because they had it on the side. Um, the big thing was that Drew Barrymore was in it. Yes. Spoiler: She's in it for a couple she has seconds, just a few minutes. <laughs> um, but I remember at Blockbuster, it had on the side "Scream." I don't know what year it came out, ninety eight, something like that, ninety eight, ninety nine, um, and then hyphen Drew Barrymore, 
like it was like such a big thing that she was in the movie and um and then you and that, but that was the one thing that that I think Wes wanted that to be done that way yes. like he wanted it to be that okay yeah a lot of people will know that she's in it she's you know known and it'll be a big thing and then a fucking gutter literally right in the beginning of the movie right and it was like the holy shit like then and that's what I think got everybody really into it right away because it was gloves are off and that's that's it now you have no idea what's going on and I think that's what made that movie a little bit more scary to people was because usually the big star is not the first one killed off. Right. In a really brutal way, which for super popular movies, um, that was done in a brutal, realistic way. Mm. It wasn't done in like, you know, Jason with the machete or some random stupid gardening tool he found around. Like, <laughs> it, it was like it was done in a really horrific, sad way where right. like there was emotion there was sadness knowing you're gonna die and all this stuff and it was done in this different way that hadn't been done really at that point mm-hmm. so that's why i think like really threw a lot of people off but holy shit did that burn out quick the whole franchise because the second one immediately yeah. was like i don't i don't I, I never i never met anyone who was like yep that was a good solid follow-up to that everyone was like no. yeah now that was nowhere near what it should be and then the third one Fuck. <laughs> just I, I it's terrible. I remember going to see the fourth one when it came out because it was supposed to be like it was like way after. Yeah, you know, they waited a long time. I, to I do think the fourth I, one. I think I I don't remember which. I know I saw the first one. I I either two or three I didn't see in theaters. I don't remember which one I did and didn't see. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I went back to see four, and I don't know. It it was like it could have been much worse the way they sent it off. Sure. Um, but it was it was one of those things where it's like, all right, but then that's what happens with once you get anything where it starts going into that territory. Yeah. And you start having other people's fingers in the in the stew kind of pointing out and pulling and pushing, it just takes the soul away. I, I feel like the whole thing fizzled out really quick. Like in terms of the hype and yeah. the like, oh, if this he, was gonna be the next just big did. thing. I wish he just did. Like that's the one thing I will say. Like I, I love Wes. I love so many of his movies. Yep. But just and and like I, the other one, I understand is not his fault or anything. But I I wish with with both Scream and Nightmare on Elm Street, if he just did both of those as singular films. Right. Fuck. I mean, if if none of the other Nightmare on Elm Street movies existed, can you imagine how fucking scary that would still be to this day, that first one? Right. Because it's just this horrific individual. And, and the idea of being, you know, caught in your dreams yeah. and not being able to wake up and, and that sort of thing, it's terrifying. And, and he then, was really scary in that first one. Yeah, He was exactly. in, very scary in that first one. And one, once it got jokey and and Even whatever, the first one you go back and watch, it's not the same. Yeah, exactly. Because you just see him as this different character. Even right. with, like, Friday the 13th, like, you go back and you watch part two and... Spoiler, he's not the killer in the first one. I just like I forget what one that, there was some movie where that was in there. I don't remember, but um <laughs> but it's 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 just the whole when they cross over and they jump the shark in that way yes. and they become funny, you can't ever go back to them not being well, funny. When they kick the boom box. Yeah. <laughs> now punch the boom he punches the boom box. Is that what he, is he kick? No, no. He does kick it. He, yeah, he takes off his shoulder and kicks. <laughs> Hey man, <laughs> punches punches the guy's punches head the out. Guy. Oh god! <laughs> I used to that that was the one I remember. I actually remember that when when they were doing part eight and that was coming out. I remember 
And this actually, you know what? They don't do it anymore. I'm thinking about it. I remember hearing the commercial on the radio <laughs> for Friday the 13th Part 8. Okay. And this whole thing about it. And I don't remember if I had really gotten into them at that point or not. Um, and it just, I remember it just sounding so stupid to me. Yeah. Not even really knowing much about the franchise at the time. And then I remember when I actually sat down and watched it, I'm like, what the hell? But you know what's what's interesting is you the know the first fifty minutes are on a boat, not in Manhattan. Yeah, yeah, it's oh, <laughs> it's God, not even it, J- right. Jason takes a boat, <laughs> and then a little bit of time in Manhattan. I'm on a boat, motherfucker. <laughs> but you know, it's it's funny how those things have aged so differently because mm. um, you know uh, you you meet your general horror fan, and they they love all that stuff. They love party. They love, mm-hmm. you know, uh, New Nightmare. They, they, and they, I, I don't want to necessarily say excuse it away, but they just, they find what to love about it. Yeah. Like they beca- they're, they're such a fan of those characters oh, God, yeah. or that genre that they just say, yeah, you know what? It is what it is. Let's just enjoy it and have fun. There's with a reason it. both of us can reference part A off the top of our head because we've seen it more than once. Right. And we know it's a piece of shit. Exactly. But, but that's kind of what makes it great yeah. in a way. You know, like and that's kind of the fun thing about horror is that for you know, if you're uh if you're a pretentious film guy or whatever, I feel like those people kind of suck the fun out of, and, and entertainment value yeah. out of movies. And I like a good meaningful drama or or uh you know an art film or things like that but i gotta be in the mood for it like that kind of stuff i could watch anytime and Mm -hmm. just enjoy it it's just it's cheese ball it's entertaining yeah and if you get a text in the middle of it you're not like i gotta pause this and right exactly it's just entertainment it's fun you know and it wasn't like you know once i got into that stuff in college then i started going to you know i ran into people who were so into it they would go to horror conventions and there's a big one, Monster Mania, in, uh, mm-hmm. in Jersey, which is right over the border from Philadelphia. So it's only about a two-and-a-half-hour, three-hour drive from where we are in the Scranton area. So we would go all the time. You know, every couple months they would have one, and, you know, you, you'd be able to meet these people and hang out with them and stuff. And it was, like, such a huge deal. Mm-hmm. It, very quickly you start to realize that it's, it's a little bit of a racket, you know, where they're – they're yeah. charging way, way too much money, and it keeps going up and up and up every single time you go. It like costs you more to get in. Then it co- then it's like, oh well, I used to be able to just walk up to somebody and get a picture. Now it's like I had to pay twenty or thirty dollars just to pull out my own camera or my own cell phone and take a picture with them. And same thing with autographs. Like I got into autograph collecting for a little while, and I started you know buying these really cool posters and stuff. So I have tons of really, really cool horror posters, uh, you know, signed by a lot of people. It's not that I necessarily regret a lot of them, but there's a few of them where I'm like, I I just got so into it. It was like, oh, I got to get everybody on this poster. And I'm like, the guy in the corner who said one line, I got to get... Cameraman number three. Yeah, (laughs) you know, the guy guy who was a zombie for two seconds before he got a machete to the head. The cop eating a pie in scene 37. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and you just, you you get into it a little too much, and you're like, oh man, I got to stop back. And 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 like, okay, I I, <laughs> I got to pay bills and shit too, yeah. you know. Like this is crazy. So I mean, I think there's people who get maybe a little too hardcore into it, but it's fun to be able to go to those things and get a a, a vibe of the culture that has come mm-hmm. out of that, you know. And, and that's a whole other podcast. Oh, yeah. really, the focus here is the beginnings of it and stuff like that. But uh, but it's interesting to see uh, how it's uh, over my lifetime how much that's changed. Oh yeah. 
Yeah, there's so much from from just from where it starts to where everything is gone. But it is really just when it gets into your blood as a kid, it's just in there. Yeah, and, and most of it is like the the fun. That's why I think a lot of these things, whenever anything touches on that bone, you're you're into it. Like it's the fun part that will stay with you. Even the movies that you wind up liking now that are coming out, even if they're horrific and and you know really terrifying in ways it still touches on that same fun part that that made you remember like the ride you felt when you were a kid yeah and those are the ones that are good and i will always elicit that for you because it is like a knee-jerk reaction like comedy and horror movies are the only movies that can give you that kind of knee-jerk reaction that you didn't even try like you you laugh without even you know, having a choice in the matter when you're watching a comedy movie. <laughs> right. Same thing with like a horror movie. Like something terrifies you. You didn't have a choice in that matter. It happened. <laughs> Whereas like, you know, a drama, you kind of have to have things stirred up a little bit and have a, but it's not just instantaneous. Like right. you don't just start crying at something. There's got to be this whole buildup of a background story and stuff. Whereas horror movie or comedy, something happens, boom. Yeah. And those are the only ones that are like that. And I think the horror movies that we like now are the ones that still elicit that in some way. That that kind of goes back psychologically. I know we're getting a little deep, but it kind of goes into that psychological profile from when you were a kid. Like this makes me feel comfortable for whatever reason. Like it might be like some guy getting his head cut off, but it <laughs> makes me feel comfortable, and I and I'm enjoying this. Yeah. And that's why I think a lot of it is. So what we'll do is next week we'll continue on with uh, going into now with stuff with where we're at and our our journeys. <laughs> All right, so. We'll catch you next week. Keep in the Halloween season. Bye. Thanks for listening.